Welcome to Audio Gyan with Kedar Nimkar, a podcast that documents insightful conversations with Indian designers, artists, musicians, writers, thinkers, and creatives of all types. Catch us on iTunes or visit audiogyan.com for more Gyan sessions. Here's your host, Kedar Nimkar. Today, I have Arzan Kambata with us on Audio Gyan. Arzan is a sculptor uh, and has designed some of the most prominent public sculptures in the current time. an architect from rachna sansad's academy of architecture mumbai uh, he got his first break when he attended a vacation art class from school uh, art class uh, under the under the guidance of noted artist anand mohan naik uh, at the late sculptor adi uh, deivarwala's deivarwala yeah deivarwala's workshop yeah uh, he now sculpts from metal sheets strap rods pipes and various other sections Uh, that are twisted beaten and textured to given the desired effect uh, arzan lives in works in mumbai so thank you arzan for giving us your time and welcome to audio gear welcome Pleasure. yeah thank yeah. you uh yeah so we'll uh, i'm re- like really a layman to sculpture in general so i've kept okay. uh, like some simple questions and uh, hmm. please feel free to uh, go as much as in detail as you want sure. but yeah we'll sure. be keeping like the topic is around introduction to sculpture Sure. Um, so yeah, the first thing which I want to ask you is, how do you conceive a sculpture? I mean, what is the process of gathering the material? What comes first, like the form or the material? How does that work? Okay, I'll tell you. So when I started, I started working with a lot of scrap metal. So what interested me was the inherent nature, the form of the scrap itself, in the form of old hinges and old water tanks and gears from cars and stuff like that, springs, mm-hmm. etc., anything. and when i would see that i would see images within that which had a potential to be joined together and come together as a design so my initial days there were no sketches or there were no preconceived notions i would actually sit with the scrap and let the scrap sort of talk to me and tell me what it actually wanted to become so just okay. to give you an idea hmm. like i would take a carpenter's vice and take it apart and then i remember making it into a family portrait with three children you know oh, so man. stuff like that so it actually sort of emerged from there at mm-hmm. that time i didn't have too many tools so i couldn't alter the material uh, form like i do right now with gas and heat and all that mm-hmm. so i would very much use the pieces as they are mm-hmm. now coming from that i mean maturing from that going further and further then i started using raw metal in terms of your sheets and rods and straps etc i started doing sketches because most of my work now is site specific is custom made and then the sketches have to come first because the client wants to see what i have in mind for his space whether he likes it or not or what correct, correct. like i cannot just go blindly and make something so there the sketches come first it, when i'm doing for a show it's entirely my own uh, ideas and designs because i don't have the end client in mind who will go who's going to buy my sculpture so it works both ways <laughs> but like what what is the process when you are uh, doing a non commissioned work i mean uh it is just piecing together and then the form evolves or you have something visualized beforehand i think it's it's very difficult to describe the actual stages but mm-hmm. i would say yes i mean even when i'm walking down the road something might strike me and i say okay fine let me go to the studio tomorrow and try mm-hmm. this idea out now when i go to the studio tomorrow i see couple of pieces that have already started so i play that a little bit i try and see if the new idea that i have can go into the some of the incomplete ones or should i so something new entirely so mm-hmm. when i'm working your mind sort of floats around a lot of things you know 
and mm. when you when i always say that when you're making sculptures for an exhibition the pieces that come out are a reflection of the exact mood that you're in you know and yeah. so everything that you see around strikes you everything that you see around sort of uh, comes together in your minds gets stored and then when you are at your studio all the ideas sort of pour out into something or the other you know mm-hmm. so sometimes i can i can conceptualize three new sculptures in one day or sometimes just one sculpture in 12 days you know okay. so it's like that it's it's a very erratic way of working there is no uh, definite sort process. of a guarantee that if i mm. go in the studio today i'm going to be very creative you know something mm-hmm. like that mm. it sounds like more like a painting itself because uh, the the colors you use also define the mood of the painter similarly of course, entirely yeah, entirely yeah, yes yeah. true true in my case it is the forms it is yeah. it is whether it is sharp it is whether it is lyrical whether it is soft whether it is heavy and you know so if it sometimes i feel like doing wood carving because it gives me that kind of softness when i smoothen it it's very therapeutic you know sort of you go there and then you see your smooth form emerging out of a rough log and sometimes when you feel very energetic and grungy you work on metal because that's the sharpness of the metal also uh, excites me to some extent you know correct it's like right. that yeah it it sounds very interesting uh so second one which i wanted to ask you is what is the yes. role of uh, space while making an artwork i mean when it's non commissioned as you said uh, while doing yeah. exhibitions uh, yes. do space uh, contextualize art i mean this is uh, for your uh, kind of work also and in general at a sculpture level also like how do you decide spaces what what is the role of the space where you are exhibiting uh, do okay. they define yeah of course of course definitely yes so uh, you 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 absolutely said it right i think that has become my forte over the years hmm. where an architect a builder a client a hotelier calls me and shows the space and say okay see this is the kind of space that i have this is what the architect has designated for a sculpture okay it ends hmm. there that is hmm. his brief hmm. now then i take over then i see what the function of the building is whether it's a hotel whether it's a corporate lobby whether it's a residence is it a housing complex and then the design sort of flows over there then hmm. i see what are the kind of finishes around what are the kind of empty spaces around is it is it is it enclosed in a space or does it have like loads of volume like garden space around it so hmm. all these things uh help me to decide the scale of the sculpture the design of the sculpture the material and the form and hmm. then it sort of fits in like just for example something that i do for a corporate lobby could be in very angular steel sections okay mm. that mm. same thing would not work for a residence in a residence i would go more homely i would go to wood i would go copper and sort of you know then sort of uh, design that way so 100% the space that you are shown mm. 100% sort of decides what sculpture you are going to put there and now i think with so much experience and so many years of making sculptures <laughs> custom made i actually see a space and i think even even the next 10 minutes while the client is talking to me the visual of the sculpture sort of comes to my mind you know mm-hmm. it's it's that fast now mm-hmm. know, sometimes no but uh, i would uh, slightly deep dive here because i'd seen yes. one movie which was i think the name was square and yes, okay. <clears throat> it was about a museum and hmm. uh, about a square in somewhere in france Uh, mm-hmm. so there the 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 there was a incident where the person says that if you just keep uh, your purse in this open uh, space uh, mm. will it become will it be called as an art because it it's yeah. a gallery and it's like open okay. right now 
So, yes. so similarly, if uh, there is, so I got your point when you said that when it's a co- corporate structure or when there's yes. a residential. Yes. Correct. But what happens Correct. when there is like completely open-ended uh, uh, background or there is just open space? So do you create that space or do you create an environment to uh, justify your uh, expression or how does that work? I, I think I think what you're saying is right. Yes, on, on, a, on a major level, uh, the space around it would dictate the sculpture. And yes, when I'm putting my sculpture in that space, Hmm. The immediate space around, I would design also. Okay. You're right. Okay. So I would I would design seating around at, at a distance. I would design a mound on which my sculpture would be sitting. Uh, if it is if it is an uh, if it's a traffic island, then I would design the railing around the sculpture so hmm. that everything that is there alongside the sculpture forms a part of the effect of the main sculpture. It's not that I put a sculpture and then a and landscape architect comes and does whatever he wants around it, and then someone else comes and builds a wall or a railing around it. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I totally understand. So first, I look at just let's say I'm doing a sculpture for a traffic island, which I have done. Mm. I first look at the overall surroundings at at the absolute mega level, and Correct. then you come into the detailing closer to the island, and you do exactly what you want, starting from the outside of the island right to the center where your sculpture is. So yes. You do design the space around it also to sort mm. of uh, accentuate your sculpture to sort of give your sculpture more meaning, you know, like correct, that. Correct. Wow, mm. wow, that that's quite uh, exciting to know because it's a big space to design. It's right? a big space. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. True. Hmm. Um, the next uh, I wanted to know is uh, what is the level of abstraction you uh, try and achieve, and then stop at a particular point so that the artwork is still relevant to the uh, viewer. Uh, I mean, how do you decide that level that uh, like this level of abstraction is good enough to make the user understand? Uh, I, make the uh, okay, viewer fine. understand. Fine. Yeah. I got I got what you're saying. Okay. So in my case, in the hmm. sculptures that I do, hmm. I do very few complete total abstracts. I sort of do semi abstractions of hmm. uh, animals, of humans and all that. So I take a human form. Hmm. And I don't do lifelike stuff. I sort of semi-abstract it into uh, cubist forms, into uh, circular forms and all that, whereby it still looks like a figure, but it is abstract. It, it, it Perhaps uh, it could be a horse, which let's say an artist is sketching with sort of thick marker strokes. And those strokes are actually created in metal. And then I sort of give it a 3D form so that level of abstraction is there, but the figure is seen. Now, in order to throw a complete abstract, out in the public, you require a lot of maturity from the art viewing audience. Uh, abstracts are difficult to appreciate, to understand. Correct. So what I do is I generally do abstracts within uh, corporate lobbies where, where, where sort of it's a multi-use building whereby I give it give it form like, like for example, let's say daybreak or something like growth, etc. <laughs> I use waves, I use metal and stuff, which is like it's uh, it's it, it, it's a complete abstract design. You can't point to it and say, okay, it's a human form or an animal form or it's a cloud or a ship or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. so that level of abstraction is decided. I think in the kind of again looking at the space that I'm designing for, and okay. I go completely abstract or I go semi-abstract or very seldom I go figurative. Totally, you know, mm-hmm. so like that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um. Yeah, and then how do you value your work? I mean, since you're working with these 
sheets of metal and mm. straps and sometimes mm. like the earlier work which you have done yes. which i've seen mm. is more from a scrap uh, material Correct. so how do you like Correct. value what you're doing See, i'll tell you what number one the value of an artwork doesn't depend on the material number mm. one yeah it all all depends on the kind of detailing there is in the sculpture the size of the sculpture and most important the level of the artist Mm. you you sort of so the same artist whether it is me mm. in 93 i had a different pricing in 99 i had a different pricing and slowly there is a climb you, there has to be a slow climb you have to understand that you have to pay uh, in the in the art world you are automatically if you are very logical and very sort of how you say humble mm. you would place yourself in a certain level with the existing artists around Okay, mm, and mm. then you take care to see that you don't suddenly jump up and become more expensive than the artist who's more senior than you. You know. Correct. And so, of course, all all everything has to be taken into consideration. I'm not talking of a senior artist uh, doing a one foot work and me doing a thirty foot work. You know, mm. I, I, you understand what I'm saying. Correct. But correct. in proportion, apples to apples, I think you have to be very careful in your pricing that you don't go overboard and that you don't underprice so that your clients don't feel that your price is. Oh my God! It's still the same. What it was five years back. It can't be like that. Correct. So there is a very intelligent method of pricing it as per your chronologic uh, chronological uh, age of your work since you started your sculpture. You know. Hmm. That sounds uh, like a different, pro- probably different audio gain altogether for this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's a difficult thing. Believe me, it's a difficult thing to price it. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm in the realm of uh, custom-made commission sculpture since a long time. Hmm. So for, even for me, Eric, someone says, "Okay, you know, immediately, how much is it?" I I cannot give an immediate reply because every piece is different. I go back, I think a little, I place it uh, amongst the other sculptures that I've done, I compare it, and then I give a pricing. You know, it's difficult. It, it is difficult. You know, mm-hmm. there is no thumb rule exactly like that. You know. Hmm. Interesting. uh arzan i would like to uh, conclude with one last question which is yes. uh, which is more like a slightly at an abstract level i wanted to understand uh, this hmm. is slightly uh, taking a detour from what we had already uh, just now yeah. uh, hmm. but what is the role of sculpture in the society at large i mean there are paintings which you. have been okay. yeah yeah yes hmm. so basically i'll tell you what L- let's say the the role of art first on a larger level hmm. what does art do if you look at civilizations if you look at uh, empires which have been formed everyone has left behind pieces of art and architecture and writing and literature of course which all sorts of sort of how you say sums up what that civilization was about art i think adds value to life sculptures in the open city scenario add value to your city they act as as oases between this drab city environments for people to sort of look at psychologically people get a break it's like it's i'll, I'll tell you a very interesting fact hmm. uh being an architect now you see new york new york the whole plan of new york manhattan is on a grid it's like a 90 degree grid correct, correct. you walk through the street there are skyscrapers <coughs> which have straight lines absolute straight lines Correct. so everything's 90 degrees to the floor 90 degrees to the uh, sky uh, parallel to the ho- horizontal and the roads and all that so suddenly when you see an alexander calder <laughs> in in an open courtyard which has curves and all that immediately your eyes and your mind take a break even without you knowing it so mm. these sculptures are literally oases they they are they form landmarks 
and i'm i'm so happy that in my own way the dolphins that i've done at verli naka hmm. uh, on google it comes up as dolphin island <laughs> and you imagine oh, and, nice. and all the police also refer to it as dolphin island mm-hmm. that whole name of the place of the podar hospital junction has changed to dolphin island you know nice. so and and i remember going to marbeya ages back hmm. and it's a it's a it's a sit, small city where all the roads leading up to the beach look the same okay okay and when you walk on the parallel road to the beach which is like away you see at uh, uh, in in terms of the end of the street you see one one each sculpture for every street uh-huh. so it is like people identify that street not by the name the tourists would know okay fine this is the sculpture so this is where i this is where my hotel is i got to take a ride from here you know mm-hmm. so i feel it is so important to put these pieces out in public mm-hmm. i am all for more public art than art in galleries because i feel a lot more public has to see it and not only the people who enter galleries and i feel it it adds value to the city it adds value to the uh, how you say the environment i would say you know on on a whole on the whole mm-hmm. interesting and just this this uh, strike me just now uh, it could be yeah. a very naive question but uh, like there are statues also right but uh, yes. the statues yes. uh sometimes uh, if we consider they are slightly abstract in a sense then what yeah. differentiates between a sculpture and a statue a statue i tell you what technically a statue is of a political leader or a human form and all that the sculpture is a, a sort of a, where the artist takes a little liberty to twist and turn the form a little and to give it a little uh, how you say the, a little joy de vivre you know like for example uh, david is a sculpture Correct. okay because mm. there is a certain playfulness it's it's of course they, you can call it statues also yeah. but a statue is more of a political leader it's it's of dada bhai nawazi sitting down near the court stuff like that but mm. sculptures are are modern day art objects which are 3d art objects let's put it that way you know no but like uh, uh, if you see the statues which are there in spain and places mm. like that they they mm. generally are considered as sculptures and not statues right yes correct correct <clears throat> i i guess i guess I, i'll tell you what that is also De- detailing uh, maybe the detailing is uh, different detailing yes and also also the nomen care the the naming uh, we we call them statues in abroad no one calls them statues they only call them sculptures here we still call them statues and sculptures but abroad it's only sculptures it's always been sculptures you know oh okay okay, okay. so we say statue of uh, uh, mahatma gandhi statue of dada bhai nawazi statue of uh, shivaji but do you never say sculpture of shivaji you understand Ka, Ka. so it's like it's like uh, that way you know mm. um, interesting uh, i think uh, yeah i mean there's lot more to talk on this and uh, i would be coming up with few more questions and uh, definitely would love to have uh, one more audio again with you again uh, but for now this is good a note to end this thanks uh, arzan for giving your time and it was lovely talking to you yeah absolute pleasure thank you very much kira thank okay. you thank you And that's it from today's Gyan session. Catch us on iTunes, Savan, Stitcher, or any podcasting app you use. Do rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Stay tuned for more Gyan on AudioGyan.com. Till then, bye.